Hi, everybody, and welcome to the second podcast in the series looking at managing uncertainty in these particular challenging times that we have. And today we're fortunate enough to have a second guest uh, with us, namely Karen Lee Thompson, the founder and managing director of Beauty Consorcier Limited, and someone who's just launched her new skincare brand, Woe. Um, Karen, it's great to have you uh, on the podcast with us, and thank you very much for taking part. So I was hoping you could perhaps start by introducing yourself and telling us a bit about your business and your journey. Okay, well, thank you for having me today. Um, I was originally from Taiwan and been living in the UK for over 22 years. I'm a mother of two amazing girls. You know, this um, always children brings a lot of inspiration to your life, I, I find. Mm -hmm. um, so my journey, uh, where do I start? You know, I spent 16 years of my life working in a big corporation and um, at a global level. And that was a very long time to learn the, basically the industry um, tricks about everything. So my career throughout the whole time kind of expanded from store operation to supply chain, to brand management, to global sourcing, to buying, you name it. Um, but then, you know, these career paths kind of took me down to a, a road that, um, is very fascinating. Towards the end, um, I had to um, work on a job called Innovation Sourcing, which is all about finding the latest product concept, trends, materials, packaging, whatever, you name it, um, then curate all those, evaluate them, and then making the link back to the business strategic objectives. And that brings business growth opportunity for the business. And three years ago, I decided I've done enough of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can totally I, understand. <laughs> <laughs> and I left the company. But when I first left, I wasn't 100% sure what I was going to do. And so I started off as an independent consultant, working with some incredible business. So from startup material brand or mature brand and um, manufacturers who wants to be um, accelerating their innovation capability to very large, gigantic kind of big e-commerce giant looking to create new product offers. But then all these experiences is rewarding at the time, but um, they also have impacted me in a very different way. Um, working as a consultant, you know, your role has always been about bringing different perspectives to the table mm. and identify alternative solutions and to help my clients sharpen the business strategy. But then you know, it, it just over time become crystal clear to me that deep down my burning desire was actually to create something of my own mm. that can bring positive changes to this world we're living. Yeah. Particularly, I think I mentioned my, about my girls, being a mother of two girls, you know, watching them growing up, I see mm. how the world around them influences their thoughts and their behaviors. So I wanted to be part of, you know, the future, creating the future for them, so to speak. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's the reason. You know, yeah. I, I, I started um, to work on this brand concept two years ago on my own. <laughs> that was a bit lonely days, sitting in the cafes around <laughs> Nottingham. <laughs> um, but quickly I gathered a team, very experienced industry experts with great reputation and most importantly, shared the same passion and value with me. Mm -hmm. And that's how I started. And I can proudly say that we are a startup operating and with a large co a corporations approach. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to working on cosmetic science, consumer research, product safety and regulatory compliance, we are up there. We're using you know, all the um, highest industry standards to create everything we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
That's really interesting. I think the, well, one of the things I didn't exactly set out at the beginning is the fact that you've launched your business in the time of a pandemic, which is you know, absolutely incredible. But also in my mind, it's just inspirational to see someone who left a you know, pretty secure corporate job, then worked in consultancy, which you know, has many rewards and benefits and with, with an, obviously such a brilliant client base. And to take that risk and to be become you know an entrepreneur yourself to want to create your own product line and do something different in such a uh, situation is in in and of itself something that's inspirational to many who are not quite willing to take that step even though it may be in their minds but then to to do that and then launch the the product side of the business in the pandemic is super interesting but i mean i would like to just you know make re- listeners aware that on the one hand this wasn't just something that happened in a short space of time. You know, okay, beginning of pandemic, I'm launching business. The reality was a lot of planning went yes. into your business, you know, in the, in the two to three years before that. And, you know, looking back, what would you say are some of the key things that you did in the preparation stage that maybe set you up effectively for launching the product? And especially given that, You'd, you would never have known in advance that you would have been launching it under a pandemic circumstance or under this such massive uncertainty. So I wonder if you can, you know, tell us something about some of the preparatory work that you did and maybe some of the key things looking back that helped you at this time, you know, the last uh, five to six months, for example. Well, I guess um, for any startup, I think two things are fundamentally critical. One is your brand or your product USP how relevant they actually are to consumers' lives. And obviously the all important cash flow management. I think these are the two things that always, you know, my mind from day one. So from brand's perspective, um, this brand world that I created, that is really about um, focusing on in sort of future, future proposition. So, you know, my, my past experience always taught me that if you want to do the fast following, you'll be working very hard for very little money and, mm-hmm. and your, your brand or your product um, life cycle is probably pretty short because trends comes and goes. Whereas if you look at the future opportunity and the future trends and how these would, how you make your brand that can be relatable and relevant and have a strong point of view in the marketplace, that put you in a in a sort of your leading position. I think that is really really important. So, and and, and on top of that, as a, a startup brand, you know, people used to think that if you get a deal listed by some big giant retail on this on the high street, it's like winning lottery ticket. Mm-hmm. But for me, to build a customer really customer focused model that is you know directly engaging, talking to consumer, that is really important for the future as well and i think in a funny way that our brand essence is all about not just about selling skincare it's about lifestyle well-being as a whole and it's about creating this this safe and supportive community that give people a a safe space to have their voice so Mm -hmm. it's just you know i like you said i didn't plan the pandemic Mm -hmm. certainly i didn't and i didn't plan the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm. But, you know, two years on, if I look back, everything that I wanted to build into this brand's DNA from day one all become the most important thing to people's life right now. Mm. So 
you know, all, all, all these, um, how do you make yourself, your lifestyle feel uh, better and you make mm -hmm. yourself feel better. And then how do you make sure your, your conversation with your audience is all about including, inclusive, including everyone into this, this space and digital, digitally accessible <laughs> because you can't go out shopping. What do you do? You shop online, right? Yeah. <laughs> so in a funny way, although we got into this COVID-19 pandemic and experiencing this crazy time, the most challenging business environment in our lifetime, but um, everything that we, we, we planned from day one become the most kind of important foundation of our business. Mm -hmm. And thank uh, can I say that? Thank, thanks to the, the situation, actually mm. um, got the consumer ready earlier than we expected them to be. Mm. So, so yeah. I think that's yeah. when I sort of unpack, I think, some of those things, it's things like the brand authenticity matters because, as you're saying, you're not just selling. The, re the revolutionary product that you have or skincare or you know what your product may do differently or better to another but you have a brand authenticity so it's if somebody buys into the brand and buys into the organization it's more than just the product then because it starts that kind of authentic conversation with them so it's a way of engaging the customer it keeps them actively involved in the business it keeps gives them a reason to continue to be engaged because I think one of the key points I would say taking out of what you're saying is otherwise you're a hostage to fortune right you're just a hostage to whether a big company in retail takes up your product or it's a hostage to whether or not there is a conversation taking place about your brand rather than you leading um, that brand you, you were telling me just recently that you had two online digital launch events just recently right Yes, yes, absolutely. I think um, in, in, in this situation right now we're in, we have to be creative and to look for, to be super flexible, really, um, and understanding sort of every single week-on-week -week basis, what, what, what's motivating consumer right now, what, what's important to them, what subject they want to talk about. So when we design our digital launch event, you know, traditional product launch events are all about product, and you're sitting there, have to think of you know, a glass of champagne, have some kind of pace, and then and you play with product and that's about it. Our um, the online digital event turned out to be a very, very interesting um, hour with our audience talking about all sorts of things that things matters to them. Mm. You know, the, the, the conversation about diversity was amazing and how, how beauty, um, representation in beauty industry is not quite, you know, still not quite there. And so that actually brought a lot of um, 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 sort of positive feelings that people said, gosh, I never thought about skincare brand can, can lead us into this space and, mm -hmm. and be, you know, having really meaningful conversations. And that's what we, we really want to do because community is everything to us. Yeah. We believe that everyone has amazing stories to share and without a safe place and a proper sort of forum for them to air those views and their, their, their journeys. I think in brands, if you're just talking about products alone, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, people buy brands and products because it's, it kind of I, they identify with those brands and it become part of their lifestyle. You know, people buy Apple phones not because they have the best functionalities, because they they become part of your lifestyle. Mm. So I want our skincare brand to be like that. So you know, it's not just the cliche of ingredients and, and efficacy. Of course, those are important because those are the fundamental hygiene factor to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's what added value you can bring to your consumer. Mm. That is the key.
Actually, one of the things I'd like to just quickly segue to quickly is um, some of the technology behind what you're doing, because there's also the, you've got the skincare product itself, but you also have an interesting diagnostic tool technology behind that on your, on your website. And I think it speaks to what you're saying by diversity and inclusivity, in, inclusivity but also the idea that we all have our own dedicated needs, which, you know, if you're interacting with, you know, a retailer or if you're interacting with, you know, a big brand that I might buy in the supermarket or something, I don't get any of that. It's just up to my, you know, um, limited information to know what product may be good for me. So um, out of interest then, do you, do you find that marriage of product and technology specifically crucial to your business? Has that been some of the feedback that you've been getting as well? Yes, yes. Um, I think from day one, you know, our, our research, our consumer research, always people, the biggest frustration for people is, gosh, there are billions of thousands of products out there, which one do I pick? Mm. And people often make really expensive mistakes. So, you know, buying products not suitable for you, and then you just kind of dump it. And, and we hear that frustration every single day. And it's really funny that, you know, I've, <laughs> I've been in the industry for long enough to hear that again and again, and over and over. But then I was making me wonder why marketeers are so lazy sometimes. It's almost like, you know, easily to group people into four. You have four different skin types and then you just fall into one of it. Mm. And that's the end of it. And to me, that's, that's not customer service because we all know that your skin is changing every single day. And but for some strange reason, we keep conditioning our you know consumers that to think you only have one skin type for life, <laughs> mm. and that's absolutely not true. So this skin diagnostic, the original um, concept was really to bring a tool that easy easily for people to to um, you know tap into, and then they can understand their skin needs in a in a much deeper way. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I wanted it to be a more educational thing. A, a, bring knowledge to consumer because yeah. I think for every single individual, if you know better by yourself, you feel more in control and in terms that actually enhance your mental well-being as well. And that will have impact to your skin over time because yes. when you're happier, you're more confident, your skin naturally glows. So that's what we're aiming for. <laughs> Great. No, it's really good to see those you know, to think about the how well connected some of the steps you've been taking and the business model is. But this actually just made me realize that for some of the entrepreneurs that will be listening, because no doubt a lot of this will be a really insightful to them to think about how, what kind of steps can I take? But, you know, one of the things that entrepreneurs, obviously, the fear, I guess, for taking that step into the unknown is because in launching a new product, often it's a, it lacks legitimacy not because it's not good enough but because it's not known and because of that lack of awareness there can be misconceptions i would say about you know the reliability of something and you know i think you took some steps right to show how effectively this works and how effectively your tool works so i was wondering maybe if you can expand on that (laughs) yes yeah um yeah Good point. <laughs> yeah, if it's just me talking about it, who's like, who are you? You don't have a PhD. You're not a skin scientist. How, how, who are you to tell us all about this? So of course, you're building the, the right network and the team to work around me. It's really, really important. So uh, my, my, uh, my partner in crime, my skin scientist, he's um, a 
very reputable scientist called Steve Barton in the industry for nearly four decades. And and um, some point he was the um, chief skin scientist advisor for Boots Group. So I do work with very, very experienced people. And also from product sort of efficacy's point of view, we, we hired one of the best labs to test all our products as well um, before we launch. And then, of course, this we're talking about this digital digital um, skin diagnostic tool. We actually team up with Bradford University to do a um, trial, a study at their skin science um, facility to verify how accurate our tool actually is. Mm. So, and that was based on very very um, thorough checking versus a an expert actual face-to-face -face reviewing people's skin needs versus you know our, the result from our, our our diagnostic so we actually took every single step you, you can imagine that for a small business do this is extremely difficult because the you know founding constraints etc and also you know when you are small it's it's very difficult to come to convince big names to work with you <laughs> Sure. Yeah. yeah, but then, but then, you know, I have to say I'm extremely um, not lucky and, and also um, privileged to work with a lot of the best mm -hmm. experts in this in this space. Yeah, I think it really says a lot about preparatory work, you know, building connections, building networks, but then, you know, exploring relationships with universities, exploring connections that you can make to bring in scientists and bring in people to validate the kind of things that you're doing. And I think, you know, I have zero doubt in my mind that all of those activities were essential to, you know, the success that you know, you're now experiencing since launch. So that, that is, you know, all the positive things that I hope that listeners can pick up on. Um, with that in mind, maybe I can just move to my next question, which is, you know, having launched the brand and, and uh, well, in particular on the website and the tool and the products, um, and we've, we've looked back at some of the preparatory work that you did, but going forward, what would you say are maybe the th three sort of key priority things that not just you need to think of, but maybe entrepreneurs need to think about in terms of having launched, how do you now sustain it? You know, what's the next um, few steps for you? <laughs> Can I just say something first? You know, yeah, sure. I, I'm a very, very early phase of my journey here. So every time you call me entrepreneur, I have this imposter syndrome <laughs> kind of kicking in. No, thinking, you shouldn't. Oh my God. <laughs> It's, it's you're really not the funny. first, funny enough, you're not the first. It's, there's been a few studies that show that when you talk to somebody who is clearly an entrepreneur and you describe them as an entrepreneur, they have difficulty accepting that. So, you know, so please yeah. don't, don't feel alone in that sense. Yeah. I think for me, it sounds very cliche, okay? It's always about knowing your why, I think. Mm. It's just not about the reason of doing things, but also the reason of being. Why, why you're being the way you are, you know, that how you, that, that kind of impacts you when it comes to making hard decisions and choices. And, and I always kind of keep telling myself what's really important is always to go back to your core values. If you are very, very clear on what you are here for, and, and you, you can you can you can make you can be sure that you know whatever decision you take will be the right sort of decisions. And I think um, for me the, the greatest lesson I've learned so far is really still I have a lot to learn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's never assume that you know enough mm -hmm. because technology market consumers are just 
constantly evolving. And what is hot and in trend today could be an all news overnight. Mm-hmm. You know, just thinking about TikTok could be dis- you know, disappearing you know, in, in two weeks' time. And what does that mean to, to a lot of business relying on that, relying on that platform? Mm-hmm. So, so um, for me, remain curious doesn't mean you have to be an expert in everything you touch, but it means you, you need to curate certain level of understanding and knowledge to allow you to make the best business decisions. Mm-hmm. I think that is quite important. Um, also, I think um, always looking for talents that mm-hmm. who can join your team to grow your business. I think not necessarily talking of the best people, but with the right people. I think the right people with the right capability, energy and enthusiasm, they, they will make this whole journey a, a lot more easier. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, for any entrepreneurs who wants to go into business, I think these are quite important. Yeah, absolutely. I remember coming across a quote from Steve Jobs once that said, it's better to have an A team going after a B opportunity. So a case of pulling together the right kind of people, the ones with the right energy, the passion, but also buying in. I think buying into the same vision, same set of values as well makes a big big difference uh, in that respect so absolutely yeah. yeah because you've got to enjoy the people that you're working with but they've also got to be having the same kind of vision to drive forward the business in the way that you want to um, take it as well so I yeah I couldn't agree more <laughs> with the with that uh, point as well so I think um I'll, I'll close if we can by just moving to so my last uh, question because you know yeah. I've, I'm sure that for people listening certainly for me this is a, an inspirational story for you know yourself as as a mother as a female entrepreneur as somebody having left a very successful uh, professional corporate career to pursue a dream and you know for those aspiring to do something similar to you what would be some of the three priorities that you would say to them to encourage them to, you know, take that leap? <laughs> well, you know, someone recently told me that I could be the model story because, you know, being an immigrant in the, you know, in the, in this country, operating in my second language and being the minority in the society, but also embracing mm-hmm. all things British with my English husband <laughs> and raising mixed race children in different cultures and then female, everything. And, but I, I always believe there's no such a thing as set model, you know, because everyone's circumstances are totally different and your past experience that led you to this point could be vastly different as well from one, you know, from one another. And I believe um, to, to the top priority for everyone really is to figure out what your priorities are in life. Sounds a bit strange, but mm. knowing that you can feel more comfortable with all the choices you make. You know, when it comes to spending crazy hours working or or you decided, you know, today is the day I'm going to spend with my family. So you really need to know your own priority in life to be able to make the right decision any given time. Mm. Uh, and another thing is, I think, be honest with yourself, beware of what you are great at and what you're not and never under, underestimate yourself, the ability to learn and grow constantly looking for a way to do that. And I think that's kind of my life, <laughs> in very small summary. But then um, I think lastly, I really want to say is, um, it's absolutely important to stay business focused all the time, but don't ever put your relationship, family or children at the bottom of your priority list. Mm-hmm. 
because they are the foundation of any future success you might achieve and they bring meanings to your success as well. Mm. Oh, one more thing I can That's tell you. Sure. Please, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I think one last thing is always make your physical and mental health your top priority. Mm. Without right. that, yeah. you have nothing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, those are super important points just in terms of you know, having that balance between your work identity and your family identity, putting family above the other things. There will always be things that you can do differently in business and you can come back to, but family at the end of the day are oh, a good yes. bedrock for driving you through the times when things will get challenging and things will get very difficult. And I think your point about mental health and physical health is very, very important because as entrepreneurs, it's not a cliche to say that, you know, you'll be burning the midnight oil 100%. Um, long days, long hours, dedicating yourself fully to to the business. It's it's you know there's a romantic side to being an entrepreneur, <laughs> but the the, real, the reality is it's hard graft, right? And um, I think you know keeping those things in mind is important to keeping yourself in a good place, so that you're making good decisions, that you're making you know thinking it with a clear head, but also thinking energetically. And I think part of that is, you know, if you're passionate about the, the brand and the product and what you're trying to do, that, that all helps because it gives you that extra you know, motivation. Yes, absolutely. Great. Well, Karen, thank you so much for giving us your time and sharing, you know, your insights and, and your thoughts. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. I think, you know, for me, if I was to summarize some of the important takeaways for me, it's just, you know, you can never have too much preparation, but at the same time, it needs to be good preparation. So taking actions that help you to understand your marketplace, help them to create the science that's going to validate your product or service, give people confidence to engage in your business. Then there's the side of constantly keeping aware and understanding the differences in trends, the movements, social changes, and thinking not just it's not thinking, how do I capitalize on that? But how do I speak to that? How do I become a part of an authentic part of that conversation? I think so many companies will see a trend, see something's happening and think, okay, we now have to do that in our business. But that's not really authentic. That's just something that mm. they're doing because they feel they have to. And then finally, to close off, I'm going to reiterate, I think your last point, which is, you know, keep a good balance between family and work and keep your mental health in the right place because without that you can't dedicate yourself in the way that you know the business needs so i, I hope you would agree <laughs> with my little summary totally. There, so. totally well that was a very good summary thank you <laughs> <laughs> thank you everything came from you so yeah well thank you so much again karen and um no it's been a pleasure and uh, for everybody listening thank you very much for joining this podcast and we'll see you in the next one thank you